Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I have a, a serious message tonight for you. Uh, this message uh, comes out of a birthday of late. Uh, the it was a traumatic one. It was the six o. Five o wasn't too bad, but uh, three score just leaves ten. And the Word of God tells us that uh, our life is a vapor. And I know it to be true because I graduated from high school yesterday. And I didn't, I wasn't that old. <laughs> it just goes by. I remember thinking, my gosh, I can't wait till I'm a teenager. I can't wait to get out of this thing called grade school and get in high school and then. I knew the time was coming when I was going to get close, and then I finally got my driver's license. And Yes, and I remember people telling me, oh, you're wishing your life away. You just wait. And I couldn't wait till I got out of prison. I mean school. And, and I, I thought, they said, oh, once you graduate, it, it goes by so fast. And if, if you've got any kind of years on you at all, you know it to be true. You know that it does. That our life is a vapor. So, I said that to say that uh, I have many more days behind me than I do ahead of me. And so, one day, uh, I, I don't know when, the Word of God tells us is appointed unto man wants to die. And then the judgment, and, and we live like we have the appointment book ourselves, and yet we don't. We don't know when it's going to be. I look out there and I see a crew of young people and I'm thankful for young people, but all young people believe they'll live to be old. And uh, uh, what we've gone through, we know that's not true. You know, our son was sick. And even in that hospital, uh, Greg was 17, Robbie was 16, uh, Brett was four, James was five. We, we don't know. We just don't know. But I'm telling you, our life here is a vapor. And I, the question I would like for you and I to think about tonight is where will each of us be? And I, I, could, I could look clear in the back air and see Abby. Uh, no matter who, who it is that's in this room, you're probably not going to be here a hundred years from now. Should the Lord tarry. No one's going to live to be a hundred years from now, you and I both will be in one place. We'll be in heaven or we'll be in hell. It's a pretty serious thing. It's the most important decision you and I uh, will make in our life is will we follow Christ or will we deny Him? Because what we do here determines where we go forever. And forever is a long time. And I, I used to think, I used to be on that bar stool and think, oh, hell's not so bad. I remember joking about it with my buddies and uh, say, well, you know, what could happen once, once you're there? You burn up, it's done, it's over with. We burn quick. But that's making hell in your own mind. That doesn't line up with the Word of God. And so tonight we're going we're gonna to look at the possibilities of 
the places where we go. Because we're going one place or the other. I, I lived forever for years on Purgatory Avenue. I was raised on it. But there is no purgatory. That's, I was raised to believe there was a place you went in the middle till you were paid up. And you only went there if you had small sins. And I was convinced I did. I was convinced I didn't have any big sins. Even, even though the law chased us about every night of the week, I was convinced I was all right, even back then. So we, we've got to look at what the Word of God says about it. So we're going to start out in Luke 16, if you want to turn there. You call yourself Starting a believer, verse 19. and you are dabbling Moreover, in stuff. the dogs came and licked God his is sores. warning you tonight. You and so it was here, that the beggar died, right. confess your and fault. was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. There's a whole message in just one verse here. And it, it, it comes down to either being carried or being buried. He died and was buried. Lazarus died. He was carried by angels into the, the bosom. An angel's bosom. Rich man was died and was buried. He went into Abraham's bosom. And verse 23, And being in torments, in Hades, I think the King James says in hell, he lifted up his eyes and he saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, you look at those next words. This is someone who knows the talk. He knows what to say. This has got to be a Jew. He said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my flame for and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. We don't disintegrate. You and I both are going to have a body that will last forever. We're going to have new bodies, whether we have this body in hell or whether we have it on streets of gold. We are going to have a brand new body. I told Marcia, I I, I think when I get to heaven, well. One of the first things I do, uh, because when I get up, I don't know about any of you, if you've worked construction all your life, you're starting to get up in your age. I guarantee you, if I sat down on the floor and I put this mic down, you probably wouldn't even need the mic. You could hear my knees pop every time I get up. They make, it sounds like a drum roll. I told Marsh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to do a backflip like Carl Edwards. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a backflip. I'm going to jump all over the place. I will have a brand new body. We have bodies that last forever. But Abraham said, Son, you remember that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he's comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed so that there are those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Again, he's talking about a place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear him. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they'll repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Amazing, isn't it? And yet there was one that rose from the dead. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but uh, 
there were more than there was more than one that rose from the dead. You understand that the graves were opened after Jesus rose from the dead. You remember that? Anyone remember that in scripture? All kinds of people came up out of the dead, and there's still no record of there being a great revival till Pentecost. So that wouldn't do it. But I know one thing: the Word of God tells me. That it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the gates of heaven. And you and I believe if we just had more money, we'd be happy. And nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. Nothing. Paul said, I've learned whatever state I'm in to be content. Because I've learned one thing. If you get more, (laughs) you'll just want more. You'll want more. There's things I never even knew I needed till I saw someone else had them. And I had to have them. I, I knew that was for me. That was important. And yet none of that stuff makes us happy. Especially uh, things with payment books. How can we expect things with payment books to make us happy? We got to have more. We're, we're a weird crew here in America. We've, we've been spoiled for years, but I believe... It's, it's about to come to an end. Cheer up. Listen, the other side. There is the other side for a believer. You, you and I have, I believe we've been caught up into this world here, and especially if you watch the news. I do not watch news. I don't stick my head in the sand every now and then. I'll see what's going on. Marshall say, did you hear this? You guys say, no. I, this is the news I'm reading every day. I know I'm strange, but I'm telling you what, if you if you watch the news, if you're not on antidepressants, you will be. I am serious as I can be. They, they, they don't report good stuff. You heard that from the sheriff this morning. They absolutely refuse to report good stuff. Matthew 24. Everyone believes Jesus is coming back, right? How many of you believe he's coming back tonight? Could could you prove that by your lifestyle? No, I don't think so. Look at this place. 37. Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Well, what was going on with the days of Noah? You remember the angels that were sent there? A lot. Then the guys tried to take them. Guys tried to come in and make real close friends of them. Remember? Homosexuality was running rampant. Men with men, women with women, as it was in the days of Noah. I'm telling you, we're in that day. I I, I used to worry about the kids, but now grandkids, I'm thinking, oh my Lord, even so, Lord Jesus, come. Even so, come. Say so for many will, where am I at here? For verse 38, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the yard. And they did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. 
Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour. Mm -hmm. I promise you that we will be caught unaware. I believe most of the church is not looking for the return of Christ. And I believe we prove it by our behavior. If we knew He was coming tonight, if the church knew Christ was coming tonight, I promise you, you would not be sitting there. You would be standing up somewhere because there, be, there would be guards at the door. We'd have, to, we'd have traffic. State Highway Patrol would be out there controlling traffic because this place would be a madhouse because everyone would be getting their last-minute reservations in. We don't know when our last minute is. We don't know. You want to you want to think you're going to grow old, but I'll tell you what: my trips that I make to the uh, through the week to the like emeritus and the nursing homes and the people I'm visiting and I'm talking to, I'm I'm saying, Lord, please take me out before then. If that is my end, take me out. That is not a life. Not a life. He's coming, church. And He is becoming when we're not expecting. That He's coming. Hear me tonight. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. It's crazy out here. He's coming back. Turn to Matthew 25. Go over one chapter. Verse 31 says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He'll sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him. And look at the next part of that verse. He said, And He will separate them one from another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And He'll set the sheep on His right hand, but the goats on His left. Do you believe everyone in here is a sheep? The answer that's no. Can you imagine if Jesus were to just manifest himself in the flesh, stand right here right now, and he'd start with Alan right in the back. Then Troy said, come on down. And he'd say, right, right, left, left, right, right. Listen, this is going to happen one day. And you and I are going to be in that line. We're going to be there. And we're going to, we're going to see people that we went to church with. And he's going to say, left. Left. We we think we can live like we want. Hey, brother, I'm under the blood. Well, if that is true, our behavior will be different. We're not saved by what we do, but we do what we do because we're saved. We, we are serving a, now a different master, right? Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. That's what that, that is the simplest explanation for getting saved that I know. You change masters. I like this master now. It's a whole lot better than the one that came to steal and kill and destroy. A lot better. He was not a nice master to me at all. He tried many times to kill me. 
long before I was even of age. Verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked or clothe you and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on the left hand, you imagine hearing these words, Jesus himself, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wasn't even prepared for us. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. He said, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. I would have to say that when you're in, if you're in that line, the first scream you hear would put your heart in a panic mode. Oh my gosh, what's going on here? What have I done? It's too late. There's no turning back. There's no change in your mind. God said, I sent my spirit to convict you. You did not have to do that anymore. I knocked. You wouldn't let me in. Always convicted many of us. We have a choice. He will not make us. Every knee will bow. and Every tongue confess over there. But right now, He gives us a choice. He gives us a choice to serve Him. He said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. Right? This day. You better choose this day. I was hungry. You gave me no food. I was thirsty. You gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You did not take me in. Naked, you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he'll answer them saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment. When did we see you sick? When? It's sad to say, and Lenny was alluding to it this morning, uh, the Samaritan's Purse Night, the, the, the blessing. Uh, if you stay home, you're missing it. You're missing it. Inasmuch as you've done it under the, the least, one of these. He said, you did it under me. Now, that thing with the little girl, and that blind girl in bed. Wow. And to think God just saw a way that she would have something that he knew she had to have something that would feel and make noise. Matthew 7. I wish I had a happy message for you, but listen, if we're doers of the word, we'll be happy. And not hearers only. That's what James says, right? Be doers of the word, not hearers only. What? Deceiving yourself. You and I have the ability to deceive ourselves. Hey, brother, get off my back. It's Sunday night and I'm here.
I don't think it impresses God. I don't. Yes, you need to be here. We need to be here. Every time the doors are open, we need to be here. We're fed the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word, but not for righteousness. We do these things. We should be here because we're saved. This, if you're here to impress someone, uh, I would say a lot of you probably wouldn't have been here tonight if you knew the pastor wasn't going to be. I'm so smart. I know because when you've been warned ahead of time, you don't come, but you love God, right? You've got to love me to go to heaven. I'm just telling you the truth. You know, where, where is your heart at? Where's your heart? No matter who's up here. I give up trying to make friends long ago. Don't worry about me. There's not a long line. I don't look for there ever to be. Matthew 7, start with verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Many, There are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit. What do you do with that? It's cut down and thrown into the fire. They're cast into the fire. Depart from me, you cursed. Where do they end up? Tormented in the flame. Everlasting fire. Uh, brother, it's a rough word. Tell Jesus. Jesus is red. These are His words. He's warning us. He's giving us plenty of warning tonight. Said, if your heart is not right, it better get right tonight. You don't know. You may not make it home tonight. Wasn't it in Columbus a family of six? When there's six? Whew. My sister. My God. Instantly. Instantly. We don't know. We may not get home tonight. Ah. Uh, you're preaching that fear stuff. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That is correct. Save some by fear. Pulling them out of the fire. If you and I had a glimpse of hell one time, I promise you we'd live different. Promise you. you, you I, I wouldn't be able to preach anymore. Just... The altar would be full. He said, by their fruit you'll know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, who is then? Well, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's who's going to heaven. This is Jesus' words. Everyone in here would say, yeah, oh yeah, he's Lord. We know the language, Lord, Lord, hallelujah, God bless you, glory, and all that stuff. He said, not everyone that's doing that, he says, is coming. Those who are coming are doing my will. Are you out there tonight? That 
This, Jesus is saying this. Not everyone who's got to talk has got to walk. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? And I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, and does them, and does them, you, if you've got a highlighter, you've got a pencil, that's one you'll want to hit in your Bible, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. I will tell you as a parent and a grandparent, your children will do what you do. They will not do what you say. They will do what you do. If church, if the things of God are important to you, you will instill that in your children. If you'll come when you want, if you want, you will raise children like that. I've heard people say, well, you know, we're, we're kind of letting our kids make their own decision. Oh, you need stupid stamped to your forehead. I'm telling you the truth. Probably don't even need to. That's crazy. I love what uh, John Hagee said when he grew up, he had a drug problem. Got drugged to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Every kid needs a drug problem. We never let them fill out a, a, a survey. It's never a multiple choice, never a yes or no. We are going to church. You're coming. You're coming. Newsflash. We're the parents. What we do, they're going to do. They're going to do it. I cannot imagine... I think the the worst thing to go in hell would be being in hell and hearing your children's voice screaming too. That would be the worst thing. You wouldn't see them, but you'd hear them because it's outer darkness. There's no no need for glasses or anything, and you won't see anything in hell. It's outer darkness, but it's just hot. That's what it's called. Matthew 6 says, verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive yours. I wonder how many people are going to spend eternity in hell because they have unforgiveness in their heart. have not forgiven someone. Well, if you just knew what they did to me, I want to tell you what, I've listened to two men last two Saturdays Last two Wednesdays, I mean. Uh, Sheriff McCauley being one, and my memory's so sharp I can't even remember the other guy's name. Thank you. What he went through is amazing. You get a chance to hear his story. 
but he learned he had to forgive, as did Sheriff McCauley. You got to forgive. You must forgive. This is the prerequisite for heaven. He, salvation is free, is it not? It didn't cost us anything. It cost heaven everything, but it didn't cost us anything. But in order for us, now that we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, we must forgive. And I just wonder how many people, because of unforgiveness, will find themselves, as they come down that long line, single file, Jesus says, left. Over here. And it's too late to change. You understand, once you, once you take that breath, it's over. It's done. Your decision has been made. Oh my gosh, I promise you there's not a soul in hell who would not give anything to have a chance to come back to make the right decision or to forgive everyone who ever offended them. And you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to. If you haven't already, you will. But you've got to forgive. You must forgive to get to heaven. First Thessalonians. I tell you what, let's just go to Second Thessalonians first. Verse one Paul Silvanus and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you. And priests from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, we're bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels in flaming type fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who... Do you see it? those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. Vengeance. Is this scaring anyone outside me? These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power when He comes in that day to be glorified in His saints and to be admired among all those believed because our testimony among you was believed. That day is coming. That day is coming when it's going to be too late. Can you imagine? You and I are going to spend everlasting something. Everlasting joy or everlasting punishment. He gives us a choice. He does. 
1 Thessalonians 4, verse 13 says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. We have hope, right? We read it right out there on the sign in the vestibule. In Ecclesiastes, to all the living, there is hope. We still, You still have hope if you're alive. You still have hope. You can make a decision to follow Christ. You can change. You can repent. You can ask God, change me tonight. I want changed. I want to know I'm on the narrow path, not the wide path. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. What a day it will be. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. I don't go out to that graveside very often, maybe once a year. But when I go out, I say, Lord, this would be a good day for that to happen. I just love to be at that graveside when it spits him up. And I meet the Lord in the air with him. Oh my gosh, it's going to happen one day. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we'll always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. When they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. They shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We're not of the night or of the darkness. We're not. He's warning us that this day's coming. And I, I just go out on a limb and say, it's pretty darn dark out there. It is. It's dark out there. I can't imagine what else would need to happen in order for the Lord to return. As far as Scripture is being fulfilled, as far as I can see, nothing. I'm no scholar, but as I look, I say, my gosh, today could actually be the day. That he come. Can you imagine that blaring trumpet? And as you look around, uh, oh, you start seeing bodies going up in the air. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, Lord, I want to be in that number. Will you be? Will you be left behind? Saying, oh, well, I, I, oh my gosh, now I know what's going on. And it'll be too late. It'll be too late. You will be here. And the only thing, that your only hope is a beheading. Wow. Wouldn't it be easier right now? It, you say, well, I know I, I could go through it. Oh, come on. You won't even tithe now. If looks could kill, I'd be dead right now. You think you got that, that, that grade of faith? Or? That you would do that in the tribulation? That maybe they wouldn't say, all right, do you confess Christ? I do. Well, then we're going to kill your grandchild after we torture him. Oh, my. Second Peter 3.8 says, 
But beloved, do not forget this one thing, for with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. To God. I always wondered about that. What the heck does that mean? And I got to thinking, I'll bet those in hell, when they've been there a day, will be convinced they've been there a thousand years. And those who go to heaven who have been there a thousand years will say, well, surely I've just been here a day. I did some math. I love math. If a day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day, it takes 41 years and eight months for an hour to pass in heaven. 41 years and eight months for an hour to pass in heaven. That would mean that our sun is about 40 minutes ahead of us right now. A half hour is 20 years and 10 minutes. For 15 minutes to pass, it takes 10 years and 5 months. They've just been there a few seconds, Jan. It takes 8 months and 10 days for 1 minute to pass in heaven. 8 months one day. I'm sorry, eight months, ten days for one minute. And it, it takes four days and four hours for a second to pass in heaven. I believe if you don't make it on the right side and you're over here on the left, You'll be convinced you've already been there four days and just one second will have passed. An hour in torment in flames. You'll say, surely I've been here a thousand years. You won't be able to see a clock. You won't be able to see anything because it's outer darkness, but you'll hear screams. Rod, you can come up. Listen to this. Revelation 21.1 says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the earth have, first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Can you imagine? When the days of this world get rough, and they do, I think about that day. I'm not going to lie to you. I think about seeing my son a lot. Oh, how I miss him. How I miss him. But I know one day I will see him. I, I, I believe he will be the one when I reach the other side and say, Dad, come here. you got to meet him. He's just like you said he was. 
That day is coming for every believer. And now it's so crowded over there. I think of all those who have gone before me, I think, man, how can we get attached to stuff here? When Jesus, we just heard it this morning, Sheriff Cawley, he's quoting Jesus, said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's gone to prepare a place for us. And we, we want to stay here. There's a lot of dead space between the ears if that's true. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It's done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I'll be his God, and he will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, even those that you call white lies, which are lies white people tell, evidently. A lie is a lie. And I would just ask you how you fill out your taxes. And all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Not born again, you die twice. I saw a bumper sticker a long time ago, never forget, it said, born once, die twice. Born twice, die once. What about you? I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. But I believe God has a serious message. And if you're on the fence, you're dabbling in something you should not be dabbling, you need to come to this altar. Because I'm telling you, Jesus is coming. And He is coming in an hour that you and I are not expecting. And I don't believe anyone's expecting right now. I just don't. We live like He's never coming back. We do what we want. We come when we want. We give if we want. We do what we want. Well, if someone has an attitude towards us, we don't care. We say what we want. Our lips are our own. Who's Lord over us? We don't believe He's coming back. We don't believe it. But I'm telling you, as a brother in Christ, He is coming and He's coming in an hour when you and I are not expecting Him. It could be tonight. If you don't know Christ, you've never received Christ, you're not born again, you need to come down to this altar and confess Him publicly. Someone will introduce you to Christ. You need to get up out of your seat. 